Why don't you get into it? Okay, so Tim. Yeah. I finally did it. I saw the Marvel movie that everyone is talking about. Yeah. I went and saw Captain Marvel. Fantastic. <laughs> everyone is talking about that. That's good news, though, because now you're all primed to yeah, go see exactly. Endgame. Yeah. And a- as of uh, this episode coming out, I will be seeing Endgame in two days. Good. I, yeah, you I, already have plans to. I, I bought my tickets the same time I bought my Captain Marvel tickets. Yeah, yeah. Because it was Discount Tuesday, awesome. so I spent 20 bucks for four movie tickets. Nice. Yeah, it's a perfect deal. Like, so you're I'm, going on Tuesday again to go... Yeah. Cool. As of us yeah. recording this next Tuesday, right, as right. of this episode coming out, this Tuesday, 725, I will be seeing Avengers Endgame finally. It was uh, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it like I told like I texted you on Sunday when I saw it. it it's quite possibly the finest motion picture ever made. <laughs> I, I mean, it really is. It's one of those movies. I'm really hoping that it's not just hype <clears throat> and like Oh, it's no way. Uh, yeah. My expectations were already sky high and it exceeded them. I was wow. like no way that's, it's going to That's incredible. I was like honestly. no way they're going to wrap this up in a in a satisfactory way, but yeah. they did. And, and even better than I ever would have imagined. <laughs> and uh, I had told you um, the way that I'm, I, I'm not even necessarily avoiding spoilers yeah. because I'm going into it just expecting everyone to die. Uh. So, so like <laughs> I could see like something like just, uh, just scrolling on my Instagram explore page yeah. or something and I'll, I'll like, Oh, okay. So I, I, nothing stands out to yeah. me, you know, I could literally see, uh, captain don't like, uh, confirm it or not. Okay, I'm not even going to look at you. I could literally see... Because I might give it away. Uh, Captain Marvel holding Thanos' head. And I, I would be like, oh, okay, that's cool, fan art. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think anything of it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. You like Captain Marvel. Know. You like Captain Marvel? Captain yeah, Marvel. That was great. Great yeah. movie, yeah. Grace thought it, it was, was fun. real boring. Like, huh. in the in the beginning and in the middle, I could definitely see her, like, getting kind of restless. Yeah. And she was, like, leaning on me. And I'm like, man, I... I love this. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's not my favorite, but I, I had a good time, certainly yeah, as much as I, any other we had heard movie. We had heard from a couple of friends that you don't need to see it a- at all Mm-mm. to know what is going on in Endgame, but I just wanted that background for the character. Yeah, yeah. It, it helps like, you understand her power yeah, a little bit more. I, I didn't want to go into Endgame like, oh, so Brie Larson is Supergirl, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Mar- Marvel's Supergirl. Yeah. Um, or Marvel's it, Wonder Woman. But it, it definitely helps, you know, if you... And I, I hear that the two movies you should rewatch if you had t- have time are Ant-Man and the Wasp and uh, Infinity War, obviously. I probably will watch Ant-Man and the Wasp just because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we have about a week uh, until we see Endgame now. Yeah. Um, so I'll... It was great. I'll it was it better than the first Ant-Man. The first and Ant-Man I, was, And the first Ant-Man I saw twice yeah, in wow. theaters. Yeah, See, I, it, it not it, like for any real reason. We oh, saw okay. it on a discount Tuesday, and then we went to the theaters uh, the following Friday with our friends, and yeah. they all wanted to see Ant Man. And I'm like, Mine as well. okay, it was it was good. It I liked suffered it. from <laughs> the, it. Always it's always a bad sign when a director leaves in the middle of a movie, oh, and yeah. so the script had to be reworked. And so, and it was Edgar Wright, and no one can direct an Edgar Wright movie, but Edgar Wright. Yeah. And so I felt like there was so much Edgar Wright stuff left over that the new director, whoever it was, bungled. And even with, I think, Adam McKay and Paul Rudd reworking the script, it was like yeah. just a ma- just an amalgam. It was just too much of a mess. But Ant-Man and the Wasp was a singular vision, and it, and it turned out really well. Who I directed uh, the second I one? I don't even remember. Okay. Don't even remember. I don't know yeah. if you And I don't even know if Adam McKay and, and Paul Rudd worked over that script either. But um, it was whoever did it got to see it through all the way to the end. So yeah. I would I still want to see an Edgar Wright Marvel movie. I mean, oh, the guy was man. made That'd for... incredible. Yeah, the guy was made incredible. to make a comic book movie like that. I mean, he did make a comic book movie with Scott Pilgrim. Like I, a, a big name. Yeah, an actual superhero movie. Not necessarily yeah. a comic book movie or yeah. a graphic novel movie. An actual... <laughs> 
actual <laughs> comic book movie. Uh, yeah, with a superhero in it and everything. It's like saying James Gunn directed a superhero movie. Well, yeah, he directed Super, Super with Rain exactly. Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. <laughs> it's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we're talking about The Wallet, Season 4, Episode 4. Uh, but before that, I, I have a lot of homework and even some extra credit that I did Oh, nice! Uh, from the last episode, which was The Pitch, the hour-long pitch, which is a great episode uh, of the podcast as well as a great episode of Seinfeld. So, uh, you know, don't be discouraged by the long episode time. If you haven't checked that one out yet, don't skip it. It's, it's great. Uh, but, okay, the, the pitch opened up with Jerry and George talking about the toilet paper museum and why there's no toilet paper museum and what, what soldiers did yeah. during... So, there was, at one point, uh, starting in, get this, in 1992. So you got to wonder. Yeah, oh, I you looked found this up, this too. Out. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> Madison Museum of Bathroom Tissue, uh, established in 1992, closed in 2000, though. Uh, only but, eight years. They were yeah. only open for eight years. Do you think they got the idea from Seinfeld? And then, That'd be kind of funny. Because 1992, right? I mean, someone George said it, and then someone was like, well, I can tell you who said it. Carol Kolb in Madison, Wisconsin was like, huh. Toilet paper museum. Yeah. <laughs> toilet paper through the years. It's brilliant. Um, and it, it was in a second floor apartment three blocks from the Wisconsin oh. State Capitol for eight years. And uh, it contained approximately 3,000 rolls of toilet paper at its peak. It's insane. Um, it, and they ranged from bathrooms of other museums, like the Metropol- uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art and the Guggenheim, uh, to American tourist destinations like Graceland, a roll of toilet paper huh. that Elvis might have died next to. Um, as well as a, con- a collection of toilet paper from bars and restaurants located in Madison. Who cares? Just go there. You're already there. And a collection of retail samples donated by toilet paper manufacturers, many with headquarters in Wisconsin's Fox River Valley. How about that? Hmm. All right. But the remaining live-in staff, so there was a staff there that lived with all the toilet paper. They uh, vacated the address to move away from Madison, and it closed its doors. The collection currently resides in uh, Elgin, or Elgin, Illinois. I think I don't it's know how Elgin. Elgin. Yeah. Um, when, you're, when you're talking about the city, it's Elgin, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and kept in storage by the new owners. And in 2008, the building that housed the museum was raised. So it's possible to still go visit the inventory from the Madison Museum of Bathroom Tissue. Yeah. But there's no museum. It, you'd be looking it's at a it storage in a storage locker. locker. Yeah. yeah. And there is an online, quote unquote, museum of bathroom tissue but online museums aren't museums i don't count that as anything but um the other thing i wanted to look up was think again mojambo oh yeah i thought for sure this was going to be a reference to a movie from the 1940s or something perhaps seen as racially insensitive today it just sounded like that Uh but and as far as i can all of my google research indicated that it's just a nonsense word that kramer said Yeah, okay, it's not a sure. reference to anything. Think again, Mojumbo. It sounds like something that it sounds from a movie. It sounds like it should be a really awful slur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, especially like the tone that he said. Yeah, that uh, that he said it with something that was said in a, in a black and white movie where they're in the deep jungles of Africa and somebody says it. Think again, Mojumbo, or yeah. something like that. But I'm, I'm surprised it's not. Okay. Yeah, it's just a Kramer nonsense word, as far okay. as I can tell. If anyone else can do any better research, like my dad used to always say, "You're a good man, Gunga Din," which was a. Was, <laughs> have you ever seen that movie? No. Well, um, you know, so if anyone ever did anything like nice, like you're a good man, Gunga Din, uh, it's from the movie Gunga Din about okay. a, a, a servant in British Empire era India. And anyway, he saved the day somehow. And so um, it was. I, I expected that kind of reference. An right. old-ass movie reference. Cary yeah, Grant yeah. saying, think again, Majumbo. Uh But no, just a criminal on his world. And then I, I was curious, so I did a little bit more research on a couple of other things. Like I said, um, 
Newman says he was doing charity work for the Lighthouse and headquartered in San Francisco, California. Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired provides education, training, advocacy, and community for blind individuals uh, around the world. Founded and based in San Francisco since 1902, Lighthouse is one of the largest and most established comprehensive blindness organizations in North America. In San Francisco? Headquartered in San Francisco, yeah. So I wonder if they have like a chapter in New York, yeah, maybe. Gotta I, I'd, yeah, they, I'd they like provide, to think, they're just headquartered in San Francisco. Okay. Like, I, I was going to say, like he's driving yeah. back from San Francisco, right, right. racing to New York City. <laughs> no, I'd imagine there's some, you know, uh, yeah. there's an office just like, uh, you know, say a media conglomerate's headquartered in San Antonio, but they yeah. have places all over the place. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, so the, there's a great Vulture article, too, that talks about something that we sort of brought up. Uh, it's called the Roseanne Rush, and it's about the uh, networks handing out sitcoms to stand-up comics in the oh, early yeah. 90s. Yeah, so Jerry Seinfeld obviously was at the forefront of this, so it's kind of funny that in the show that he's had for four seasons, he's finally getting his break as a comedian, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Because people see him, Tim Allen, who's another person we mentioned, and Roseanne, who I'm pretty sure came up in the conversation, too, as... The first couple, the first little bit of stand-ups whose lives were, who, whose shows were based on their lives. You know, there were yeah, shows that... Yeah, there wasn't that, really, like, a plot. Like, yeah. oh, well, I'm a doctor. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, last episode, and you're the manager of the circus. <laughs> exactly. Like, it just had to be a slice of life. Yes, you it's know? relatable. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jerry Seinfeld takes it's stuff from his life. show, yeah. or his act, and puts it in his show. People pointed, like, oh, well, Robin Williams was a stand-up comic, and he was on Mork and Mindy. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't about a stand-up comic. It was about an alien. He played an alien, yeah. you know, so... Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Guess, I guess you couldn't really call Home Improvement, like, Family life because it was based. Oh, and Tim Allen, you have a TV show but, on your TV show. You're selling tools. But Jerry Seinfeld is a stand-up comedian in his show about a stand-up comedian. That's true. So, uh, but that's also like not giving him a nonsense job or giving him like a, a title. Yeah, but because like so. Yeah. If he would have been like the bartender that George uh pitched in the first like couple minutes of well, the pitch. Yeah. Uh it would have been like, "Oh, okay, yeah, he could be a bartender or uh-huh. something. That's not a nonsense job." But Tim Allen isn't actually selling tools on public access TV. That's true. That was that was kind of weird, but it did kind of, I guess they had to find a way to work in his because that whole monkey sound thing came from his uh-huh. act. Yeah, yeah. That, that like, was his act and being manly and making yeah. fun of, you know, uh, masculinity until he became the embodiment oh, of toxic masculinity. Oh it was God. like he became a caricature he of himself, you know? what he made fun of. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was all fun. Oh, man, uh, you got to have more power. You know, and like, it was making fun of guys, and then he became one. It's Jesus. just very weird. He, he um, yeah. Uh, but I... I that, I was, that's a good uh, bonus episode we could have, is, like, finding the dividing line in Tim <laughs> Allen's career from yeah. when he went, like, from home improvement Tim Allen to ultra-conservative Tim Allen. Yeah, I don't know. It was probably around when the show was canceled or something like that. Uh, it, but um, they were all... Uh, so people called... Uh, th- this article calls Jerry Seinfeld, Tim Allen, Roseanne Barr the Adams and Eve of the stand-up sitcom trend. But a lot of people also look at you know, not a lot of like people like to say his name, but Bill Cosby, the Cosby Show, uh, is yeah. another one where um, yeah, it, right. it was sort of it, all of his albums that were about family life and things like that. And so, even though he did play a doctor on the show and he did, had a job that wasn't stand-up comedian, it was all sort of plucked from his act. Um, but there was Grace Under Fire, starring Brett Butler, who's now on The Walking Dead, actually. Hmm. All American Girl with Margaret Cho, 
Ellen. How do we forget Ellen? Oh my god, that's where she got her start. Stand up and then a I, sitcom I about her life and a crazy friend. Forget about her sitcom. I know, I know, it's crazy. Uh, but I remember definitely watching it. Did, it. did it have just the name Ellen? Ellen. She had. I think she had. There were two iterations of one was like maybe the Ellen Show and one was just Ellen. Because like, like her that. talk show is just called Ellen. Yeah, yeah. And it's so weird that like. Because it has the same name, you yeah. almost forget about <laughs> yeah. the sitcom. This, I know. I totally forgot that she came from the sitcom world. Um, but there, and stand up to sitcom, and her early stand up is absolutely hilarious. She's really, ha- she's never changed her style. I mean, she's always <laughs> been just like that, and it is very funny. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, how can we forget? How about this one from Ralph Lewis Harris, a, a, a comic who had a show called On Our Own that featured his six real life siblings. Jazz, Jockey, Jake, Jojo, Journey, and an unknown actor at the time, but an actor whose name has risen to prominence, Jussie Smollett. Oh, How about that? I know. Oh, Um, no. There was... You uh, you and I guarantee you don't remember. You might not have even been born. The George Carlin Show. George Carlin finally got a a show about... Yeah, he played like a cab driver or something like that. And I remember an episode where he... He he kept telling he, a blind guy got in as a fare and he kept telling him they were stuck in traffic but he was just like pulled over to the side of the road and was like <laughs> running up the fare. Um, Andrew Dice Clay had a show called Bless This House. Uh, Anthony oh, Clark God. had a show that I loved called Boston Common, uh, where he was like his sister went to Boston College so and he was like a yokel. Um, okay, and he takes a job as a um, who was this again? Anthony Clark. Okay. I forget what else he would be in, but his his name on the show was Boyd. I remember that much about it. And oh, how could I forget the show with the guy from Guts? What's what's that show? Uh, his brother moves in with him. Yes, dear. Oh yes, my dear. god! Anthony Clark from Yes, dear first had a show called So wait, Not wait, Michael wait, was, O'Malley. Was, was Anthony Clark the main guy on Yes, dear? Was he Greg? I don't know. He's the guy with hair, not the guy without hair. So Mike O'Malley. My, Mike O'Malley was Jimmy. Okay, okay. So yes, and Anthony Clark would be, I think, the guy who owned the house that Mike O'Malley has to move into. Isn't that what it's about? Oh my God, it yeah. is him! So Man, he yes, sh- yes Dear was underrated. He, I've said that before on this show. <laughs> well, I love Anthony Clark, so I should have watched Yes Dear. And I love Mike O'Malley, for crying out loud, but um, I never watched it very much. But Boston Common, Anthony <laughs> Clark became a janitor at a big university that was supposed to be like Boston. Boston College or Boston University or something like that. Uh, so it was a very fish out of water. We're yokels from Arkansas yeah. or something, and we live now in Boston in the city. Uh, there was Everybody Loves Raymond. I don't know if we oh mentioned him. 1996. No. Ray Romano, whose who stand-up I also love. Uh, Mad About You, Paul Reiser. Um, Roseanne, we mentioned. King of Queens, Kevin James. Uh, he's a great stand-up that got his own show, again, just based on his life, you know. Um, Norm, the Norm MacDonald show. There was Buddies, which is the show I liked with Dave Chappelle. Uh, so again, it, this is this was a great article that I kind of breezed through called The Roseanne Rush that was on Vulture about this whole concept of, you know, stand-up comics. Just like like network guys couldn't go to enough comedy clubs in the 90s yeah. to try to pluck, to, to try to find the next Jerry Seinfeld, the next Tim Allen uh, to huh. make that. And some shows did a lot better than others. But, yeah, really. Because yeah. a lot of those sound awful. Uh, yeah, and I'm yeah. guessing because I don't know 80 percent of them. <laughs> yeah, they didn't yeah. do well. I forget who the other guy was in Buddies, but I definitely remember Dave Chappelle. And this was I didn't even know he was a stand-up. I just knew he was a funny dude. And it might have been on like UPN or the WB oh. before they had merged <laughs> yeah. into the CW. Um, and I and it was like just about dudes that lived in an apartment, just about friends. <laughs> and so talk about like a show perfect for stand-ups. Like it's me yeah. and my friends. That's a show. You're greenlit. You know. I mean that was <laughs> that was the 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 90s to the early 2000s. 
2000s, probably. Yeah. But then uh, the bubble burst, definitely. Oh, yeah. When reality TV came along, probably. Yeah. Do you still have the link to that? Because we should tweet that out. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah we'll, I can we'll, find it. We'll, yeah. As you're listening to this, we'll tweet this out. Uh, so uh, check us out. We at don't no want you hugging. to have to Google anything yourself. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, we want you to read exactly what yeah. we're referencing. Yeah. I mentioned this on our Twitter, um, what, this past week, as you're listening to this, uh, that as of the end of April, we are doing like great numbers awesome. as, as far as downloads go. We just reached uh, uh, 4,000 lifetime downloads with over 1,000 of those coming just from April 2019. That's insane. So I put out uh, the, um, I don't know, the, the pitch for a, a <laughs> <The> contest. <pitch. laughs> yeah, uh, I, I put out the pitch for a contest on our Twitter at No Hugging. Uh, that if we can get to 5,000 lifetime downloads by the end of May 2019, I will pick someone who retweets one of those tweets. I don't remember. I'll, I'll think of something, but I'll, I'm going to send someone a $25 Amazon card because I figured Amazon gift cards are like the most universally yeah, yeah. used. You can I, even email them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't think of anything like Seinfeld related. Oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't have a signed season one DVD <laughs> copy or something to give away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but hey, buy something Seinfeld related with your Amazon card. I don't <laughs> yeah. give a shit. You don't have to. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. Buy, yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, I just bought metal reusable straws this morning because yeah. Grace wanted them. You can buy those if you want. Buy uh, Jessica Seinfeld's um, <laughs> cookbook. I think she's got a couple cookbooks for kids, so you can help out his wife. Um, but yeah, so uh, check us check out the contest on at No Hugging. Uh, I'm also going to put a, a little link to it in the description of this episode, so you can find it uh, a little easier. And also, I wanted to point out. I know we mentioned this on our mini episode for the Downvoter. Yeah, because. He wanted to come on to a regular season four episode. Yeah, yeah. And Tim, you're not going to like this. Oh, no. But the day that we released the mini episode for the downvoter, we had our highest single day downloads ever. Really? Really. What were people, were people (laughs) downloading that? Yes. What? They want to hear the downvote. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look I don't at these. get it. I'm going to have to look at these stats. I'll show you. We've got the proof. <laughs> okay. People want to hear the downvote. Yeah. I don't get it. Or maybe they just want episodes that aren't an hour and 20 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> They're excited to see. Sometimes I'll see a, a, a podcast that has like a two-minute episode. I'm like, I got that. I got that. <laughs> that's not even a ride to work. Yeah, I mean, exactly. my commute's already super short, and that's not even... I can I can clear that, no problem. So, so that, that's definitely going to have to be something that we consider. At yeah. the very least. Maybe they don't want 20 minutes of babble at the front of, of episodes that end up being an hour and 20 Speaking minutes Speaking of which, uh, do we want to get into things? <laughs> yeah, let's do okay. it. Um, if, you, uh, if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a No Hugging, No Learning sticker. Uh, we are not a research-heavy show. I'm watching these episodes for the first time. Tim's watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a Seinfeld fan for years. If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us a tweet, send us an email at no hugging or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com we'll give you a shout out uh that being said season four episode four the wallet original air date september 23rd 1992 i was negative two months and 27 days old and uh, as i said last week we returned to the novelization <laughs> of episode descriptions so we've got <clears throat> let me uh i gotta clear my throat get ready here. 
Jerry must be at his most creative when he has to explain to his visiting parents why he isn't wearing the watch they once gave him, a timepiece that Jerry discarded in a trash can, <laughs> and pal George stupidly throws away the pair's fledgling series commitment from a TV network. <sighs> that description, now, now that I'm hearing it again, you know, I heard it last week and now that I've seen the episode, it's a lot more boring than the episode turned out to be. I, I, I thought it is, this was, yeah. I thought this was an okay... It doesn't say anything. Episode. It, it has all those words and doesn't say anything. Yeah, and, and I was like, is that real? I think to myself, I'm like, is that really what it was about? And I, I guess so. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess we'll have to explore that uh, as we get to the end and then see whether we get a better description. Uh, we start as a uh, with a stand-up bit as we normally do, and this is about arguments during road trips. He says his parents always had the same argument about how fast a car was going and how much gas uh, was left in the vehicle, and his dad always said the same thing. It was... The angle from the way the mom was looking at it from the passenger yeah, yeah. seat, it looks like I'm going 80 on empty, but you can see I've got a full tank of gas and, and I'm sit- in the driveway. And sitting right in the driveway. Sitting in the driveway. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. The- and, and interesting, like, it's not really observational humor. It's personal storytelling, which wasn't Jerry Seinfeld's yeah, true. forte. It wasn't what he was known for, you know, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I didn't like this. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it, was, it was lame. And, and maybe because of that, it like, well, this isn't an everyday observation that everybody can relate to this is your personal story it just wasn't the trend in the 90s you know what i mean like now it's all about personal storytelling joke tellers (laughs) are very much out and and personal storytelling is en vogue you don't even really need laughs you know i mean it's almost like stand-up is out and one-man shows are in (laughs) like oh it's not supposed to be funny you know um but so it's just interesting that it was out of his wheelhouse but you know yeah uh and jerry is driving his parents home from the airport as we open up the show and he's explaining the pilot deal um, you know about uh, how much they're getting and, and stuff like that, and George yeah. thinks it's not. Al- and I, his mom goes, uh, "I didn't know George was a writer." And Jerry echoes <laughs> a line. This is like the third or fourth time we've heard it. What writer? It's a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says uh, they're waiting to sign the NBC contract. Yeah. So we learned that they haven't signed it yet uh, because he tells his mom that George doesn't think it's enough money. Yeah. And I forget. Does he say here that it's only thirteen thousand? I don't remember. I, I I think he. Either he does or George does in the very next scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, but someone does. Yeah. Um, but Jerry's dad didn't like the meal on the plane. They serve fish on a plane, which sounds like an awful idea. Well, he chose. Yeah, he and he chose the fish too because the other because his mom freaks out every time that he has any bit of meat. You know, worried <laughs> about cholesterol and and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess uh, for for an elderly gentleman. But like that would stink up the plane yeah. real quick. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. It, why would an airline even serve fish? I don't know. Uh, maybe it's cheap, might be cheap maybe. and easy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but uh, then we cut to, you know, Jerry told his parents that he's, uh, you know, talking to someone about the deal right now and that someone uh, happens to be Susan uh, from the NBC executive office. And yeah, was this Susan? Because it didn't look like really? her at first. Oh. <laughs> I-, I think it was uh, just because, like, she didn't have her glasses on. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, probably. But as soon as, like, I saw George and this woman, I'm like, wait, is <laughs> did they recast her in back-to-back episodes? Pretty sure that's the same Susan. Okay. I mean, like, once she started talking, I realized, oh, okay, yes, this is her. Yeah, yeah, this didn't look like her at first. At first, I'm like, whoa, okay. George tells her they're going to pass on the deal uh, because, (laughs) uh, you know, it's just not enough money. Yeah. And and, she says it's a pretty standard deal. Yeah, and because it's their first show, they haven't written anything yet, Jerry hasn't starred in anything yet, and George comes back with, hmm, is Ted Danson's deal standard? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, she's a, a little dumbstruck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, Ted Danson? He goes, yeah, the guy from Cheers? He's like, I know who Ted Danson is. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it, it, George's uh, argument, you know, she's pretty much shocked, like, 
All right, well, like, I'll are, tell, you, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll tell sure, them in the morning yeah. that you guys are passing on the deal. <laughs> um, and then, by the way, also, here's some Cuban cigars from Susan's dad, apropos of nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing that she was going to give these to him as a uh, celebration, as a celebratory yeah, yeah. gift. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and not just like, oh, well, okay, here's some cigars. Yeah. I, that, that's kind of what I took from it. Yeah, yeah. Here, smoke these. Yeah, like having a baby. Yeah. You know, like in the old days. <laughs> um, but so back at uh, in Jerry and uh, his parents in the car, they ask, where's that watch we gave you? He's not wearing the watch. Uh-huh. And then flashes back mm-hmm. to <laughs> him throwing it out. Uh, but he tells, he lies and says it's being fixed. So mm-hmm. the, the lie that we learned about in the uh, synopsis earlier <laughs> Um, and then they, then they fight over paying for gas, um, which gets a huge applause from the audience. Him and his dad fighting yeah. over who's going to pay for the gas. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why. I, I, there was a couple of, cause odd, it's relatable content, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, have you, it was, and it was kind you've of gone a, out to dinner with your, with your father, yeah. haven't you? Has, oh, I never offer to pay. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, See, never. Maybe you and Jerry are just in different yeah. points of your life, I guess. Yeah, yeah, must uh, be. But, like, uh, my uh, grandpa, uh, whenever he was around, uh, would always, like, offer to, like, buy lunch whenever him and my grandma would come up and uh, yeah. uh, go out to lunch or dinner with Grace and I. And I'd be like, no, 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 me. Really? I'm, I'm getting it. Wow. Because, like, that's just something that I got from him and I yeah. got from my dad. Yeah. The, the dominant male pays for the food. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's... Uh, uh, decided beforehand who is going to pay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, my, yeah, my dad is just, I don't know, very generous, I guess, because, you know, I'll, we'll go somewhere, and if he's in town, like, he's buying no matter what. I mean, <laughs> restaurants are one thing, and I sort of, like, don't even reach for the bill at restaurants and stuff, but, like, we'll go out to a store, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this, too. And and if he's buying something, he'll be like, oh, put it up here. You know, whatever. If we go out for groceries oh, or really? something, I'm like, oh, I wanted to get some of this. And he's like, go ahead and, you know, I was here anyway for this. Just go ahead and throw that in on it. I'm like, oh, no, I do. Well, if you insist. I, yeah. You know, I don't apply very hard. <laughs> but I guess maybe it was also kind of a funny physical, physical bit with his dad trying to. Yeah. You know, pay and Jerry trying to block him and put his money up and stuff I, like that. I can see that. And, and I guess they must have been filling up in New Jersey. Maybe his dad and mom flew in in Newark because oh, uh, maybe it's yeah. full service. There's a yeah. guy who's like, hey, 20 bucks for gas or yeah. whatever. It, it was, uh, I, and I don't know why I did the math on this. It was 1850, and Jerry's got a 15 and a half gallon tank. He's driving a, a monster. Really? How did you figure that out? Average price of gas was $1.19 oh, in wow. 1992. <laughs> my my uh, Accord has a 17 gallon tank. Really? Yeah, yeah. And our CRV Jesus. and our CRV has like a twelve gallon tank. Explain yeah, that. I don't know. Like the bigger car has a smaller tank. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know why. They, I don't know why they do that. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's, it's really so, weird. Maybe it's so that they can. Uh, well, how many? How far can you go on a tank? Oh, I don't you know. Go, I can you go done like five hundred miles? Mm, maybe not five hundred. Maybe like four though. Okay. Uh, in an accord, in the accord, or in the, in the accord. yeah, in the accord, yeah. Because yeah. I can go like about three fifty in my Corolla, and I've got an eleven gallon. Yeah, tank. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing if you've got what did you say a, seventeen a seventeen yeah, like, gallon uh, when tank I, when the lights I'm on. I'm guessing yeah. you can go like pretty high up into the four hundred. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I do pretty well. I don't know. I haven't measured in a while. I used to reset the thing every time I filled up, and then I was like, Why am I doing why? this? Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know why I always did that, but I'm you know because I'd get to the end of a tank and I go, Yep, there it is, four hundred. I think it was like four hundred twenty miles yeah, or something like you that. Because like, you had to measure yeah. your mileage that way. Yeah. But now the onboard computer just does it for you. Yeah, but my my Accord doesn't have one, but I oh, still okay. so I still used to like do it okay, every yeah. in every car I've done, and I just stopped doing it when I when I 
I don't know, just randomly, like, why do I do this? The amount never changes. <laughs> I don't log it. I don't have yeah, a log, exactly. like a nerdy log book or something like, hey, 430 miles, I did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, when the light's on, it goes up to like 16 gallons. So I know I have like another, oh, nice. you know, another gallon in there or whatever. So, and then in Jerry's apartment, uh, we learned that the, uh, his parents are in town, so his dad can see a back special- mm-hmm. specialist. Uh, and then Kramer comes in to uproarious oh applause. Oh, my God. This was... And it wasn't even a cool entrance. Like, no, he had a he funnier, just walked in. Yeah, he had a funnier entrance in the pitch last week. And he got no reaction yeah, to it. And now, all of a sudden, he comes in and was like, whoa! Like, I hear, I heard audible, like, exclamations. Like, normally, yes. you just hear applause. But I heard distinct human voices going, yeah! Yeah! There he is! Yeah! Like people literally yelling from the yeah. audience. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, this must be the changeover where that entrance started becoming a big deal. But he just <laughs> opens the door and walks in. It's yeah. not a big deal. Or maybe I don't know how many episodes they were recording yeah. at a time right. yeah. on the soundstage. So maybe this was like the first episode <laughs> in front of this audience. Yeah, yeah. And the pitch was the last episode in front of that audience. So they were just over it. Yeah, right, right. I, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to figure <laughs> they that filmed out. His entrance is out of order. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he, he's got a bandaged head because of the Joe Davola situation. Mm-hmm. And he explains the whole situation. He's like, well, now he's after Jerry. And, and Kramer and, is... Yeah, and Jerry's mom's immediately worried. Yeah, yeah. This is the first in the many instances where Kramer, w- without a filter... social cues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah t- telling things about Jerry that he doesn't want his parents to know because... <laughs> There's no need for him to know, and they're just going to worry about it, like someone. Yeah, exactly. But it leads to a pretty funny exchange with, like, uh, I don't know. He just doesn't like me, and his mom going, "Who do, who couldn't like you? Who everyone like you? likes you. Yeah, everyone yeah. likes you." And uh, Jerry's like, "I'm sure there are many people who don't like me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, she even like asked uh, Morty, you know, oh, who couldn't like him? Like maybe there's some people that don't like him. <laughs> yeah. You know? And this is, this sort of harkens <laughs> back to Jerry in the the restaurant episode where he's sitting there. Very smug and, and self-satisfied and, and says something like, my mom's right. I am a good person yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so we're getting to see a little bit of that in action. Uh, but Kramer, so then Kramer pushes Jerry on these watch details oh, yeah, as he, well. The watch he, comes he, back up. He just asks him what time it is. Yeah. And Jerry's like, oh, I, I don't I don't know. I don't have my watch yeah. on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of like pushing to Kramer like, oh, End of conversation <laughs> yeah. right here. But then we go on for minutes yeah. after this. He won't shut up <laughs> asking questions about the details. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm getting it fixed. Oh, where are you getting it fixed? Uh, 83rd and Chestnut. Just yeah. making it up, I think. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was going to say, thank goodness. There, well, not thank goodness. I mean, unfortunately for Jerry, there is an actual watch <laughs> store there. Um, and Kramer's like, oh, Jimmy. Yeah, n- not only is there an actual watch <laughs> store there, but Kramer knows the personally. owner of it. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> he can, personally to the level that he can call in a favor to get his watch done the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get it back. I, pr- I promise to get your watch <laughs> back tomorrow morning. Uh, and so Jerry's like, okay, thanks. And Kramer exits, but then Jerry he takes a beat. Him out. Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, I'll be right back. Excuse me one second. Yeah, yeah. and then he walks out of the hallway and berates Kramer, and <laughs> Jerry now lets him in on the angle that he threw out the watch. <laughs> he just, like, kind of shoves him yeah. in the back, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> he physically assaults him, and, and Kramer's, like, shocked like that, that <laughs> someone had fallen him out there, and so he lets him in on the angle that he threw out the watch. Uh, now we're uh, at the Hospital for Joint Diseases, which I thought was a weird name for a <laughs> medical that the name complex. Of it? Yeah. Hospital for Joint Diseases? He I, doesn't have a joint disease. He's joint, going for his back. I didn't know joint. Yeah, the, when I, joint disease. The word disease makes me think that you can catch it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess you can. Get, I guess there like, are joint. Uh, I caught measles in my knee. I can't. Yeah, knee measles. Measles. <laughs> measles. <laughs> 
I caught measles. Yeah, joint diseases is just a weird way to put it. I'm not a doctor, so <laughs> I, I, there, but there must be diseases you can catch that affect your joints. But I, I would I would imagine like is, arthritis isn't a disease, it's not, no. right? No, or um, I mean, no, it, it's um, it, it's a disorder. Yeah, I guess? right. I, I don't know. <laughs> you can't catch it. We, exactly. You, I you, caught you arthritis. Can't catch something. Yes. <laughs> so that that just stuck out to me. I'm yeah, like, I, I, oh, yeah. Rough, rough Monday. I caught arthritis yeah, over the I caught weekend. Arthritis. Um, but his back has hurt ever since he spent a night on the convertible sofa, um, which is a, also a callback to I think a season oh my one God. or two episode. Uh, I think it might have been early season three. Actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Where, yeah. where they go uh, down to Florida? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was one of the first episodes without George and Kramer and led to a kind of a big rift in the yeah. cast from what we heard. Yeah. Actually, no. I think you're right. I think it was season two. Was it season two? Yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't sure. But... I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, but it was early for sure. And so they hand him what Mort considers a novel to fill out uh, to see this doctor. Um, oh and God. he gets fed up with the form it, right around the question of, uh, have you ever had a sexually transmitted disease? Yeah. And uh, he's like, employer's address? Why do they need this? He's just being a cranky old yeah. turd. Yeah, cranky old man. But he turns and he's like, you got my name, you got my phone number, whatever it is, that's it, that's all you need. (laughs) Uh, So back at Jerry's apartment, George lets uh, Jerry know that he passed on the deal, but that he's negotiating. You turned it. You don't ever take the first offer. Yeah, and George is a super businessman. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we've seen this a couple of times where the second George gets any inclination of an upper hand, yeah. he's super confident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's on top of the world, and, and then it comes crashing down almost instantly. And every it, time, he definitely was expendable in his previous life as a someone in real estate uh-huh. but he did close deals you know and did, to an extent yeah. i mean he wasn't you know he they were able to fire him and not lose any sleep over it i guess but <laughs> um you know he he must have been a, a savvy negotiator at some point in his life to because that is something when you're selling real estate that's true you are yeah no one pays the same amount for you know for stuff so um, it's just one of those things he might have been good at, but he's definitely not anymore. Yeah. By the way, this is the se- I don't know where the other one was. This is, I wrote down was the second out of focus shot when Jerry's talking. Oh, George is standing that. in the kitchen area. I always Jerry's notice stuff like that. Behind him, not catch no this? one's in focus. I forget where the last one was, but I was like, in this episode. Yeah, yeah. The second hmm. one in this episode. I was like, nobody, nothing is in focus right now. Is this some mistake in when they made it sixteen nine instead of four three huh. and were zoomed in or but even if we were zoomed out, would it be in focus? I was like, this is a weird It's weird. Did, did like Tom Sharonis forget his glasses that day or something? And he was like, Nah, <laughs> it looks good. And like, are you sure? Well, it looks well, a little looks, looks good to me. Yeah. Alright, you sure, boss? It's it uh, seems a little soft. Really, you can't really make anything out of yeah. this shot. No. It's good. <laughs> who's Tom Sharonis and who's uh, the Tom Sharonis' assistant? Just yeah. <laughs> film it. Film it. So George is very confident. You know, say, "Ooh, I'm shaking. Oh, I'm scared." Yeah, he's oh. not worried about the show. Yeah, at all. NBC might not offer us the thirteen thousand dollars. What are we going to do? Um, and then there's applause again. A weird applause break here for I wrote for the repeating gag. Do you know what that was? I I wrote it down, assuming that they must be. I think it was just Jerry saying, they're not going to offer us the show. Yeah. And George's like, ooh, they're not going to offer us the show. Yeah. Oh, oh, quit saying what I'm saying. Are you saying what I'm Yeah, you quit saying what I'm saying. Are oh, you repeating? Yeah. yeah, so that's what it was. When you're a kid, you know, and you do that, it's like, and then 
and, and you always Jerry... say it back in a mocking tone, like the SpongeBob meme. Yeah, yeah. Like, Quit saying what I'm saying. Quit saying what yeah. I'm saying. Are you saying. just repeating everything I'm saying? Are, Are you repeating, just repeating everything, I'm everything I'm saying? And uh, yeah, but and then George and then Jerry goes, "Well, George is stupid." And George starts repeating, and then he goes, <laughs> "Oh," and that's when like there's uproarious <laughs> applause. I'm like, again, yeah, misplaced, was, very yeah. misplaced. It was weird. Uh, back at the doctor's, Morty's very impatient. He's been waiting in the doctor's office, so he's now back oh in the God, examination for room minutes. for 20 minutes. Oh no, that's got to be miserable though. I mean, I, I guess, but like 20 minutes when like you're just staring at the walls, there's no magazines in there. You I know? guess, but you're in the biggest city in the country going to see yeah. a doctor who books out months in advance. Yeah. Who your cousin called in a personal favor to get you an appointment ASAP. And you're going to complain about waiting 20 minutes when you flew across the country to go too. see But I agree, Why it? make the appointment if you're not going to... You know exactly what time it's supposed to take place. And, and doctors are always keeping I you waiting. I make appointments in Erie, Pennsylvania, and yeah. the doctors are always late. That's what I'm saying. Why? We, they know what time it's going to be. It's, it goes back to the reservation thing. No, you know how to make an appointment. You don't know how to hold the appointment, you know? Uh, <laughs> I you guess, know how to make yeah, it. You know, it's like... like they know what time the appointment is. It's at 2.30. You, you plan your whole day around these. If you're booking too many appointments, that's your problem. Be on time. True, but like if they have an appointment at, say, if the appointment's at 2.30, if they have an appointment at 1.45 and it's going long, they yeah. can't just say, oh, sorry, you're out of time. Got to kick you out. I got a 2.30. That's they their ha- fault they- for booking, for overbooking. I guess, It's not yeah. my fault they're overbooked, you know. I, I, I think it's like with the... Why make the appointments? Why not just say, hey, everybody show up at once. It's first come, first serve. <laughs> just wait all day. You know, like, <laughs> my time is not as valuable as this doctor's time, obviously. I guess. Um, and then Morty uh, hates Velcro, we find out. <laughs> she rips the, the no, not, blood pressure thing. doesn't hate it. He's terrified. Yeah, yeah. 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 It just hates the sound of that ripping cloth. Um, he, <laughs> he sold. He, he jumps back whenever she, like, is ripping the blood pressure cuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he his, he sold raincoats for a long time and would never put would never sell any that had Velcro on them. They take him back to get some x-rays, and he's uh, asked if she, he should leave all of his stuff in the room, in the examination room, and she says it'll be fine. Uh, then back at Jerry's apartment, George offers the Cuban cigars to Jerry because he tried smoking one and he got nauseous, which is pretty, <laughs> which is kind of a funny nebbish thing for, to happen to George. Yeah, you know? it, it's definitely something that I could see happening. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a strong constitution in any uh, in any use of the word. Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that he tried smoking a Cuban cigar. Uh, Kramer has another entrance. I don't think this one got as big of an no. applause, right? Just his first entrance. Yeah. Uh, and he, but he was, it was like he was summoned by someone giving away something for free. Cause he comes in, he goes, I'll take it. What is it? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> he walks in and he hears Jerry saying, No, I don't want it. Yeah. And that's his cue. Oh, I'll take it. What is it? <laughs> yeah. It was like he heard someone giving something away and he bars mm-hmm. right in. It reminds me of when. So I, someone was going somewhere. George, I guess, he's like, take the K-Man. And he's like, yeah, I'll go. Where are we going? You know, he just, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just, he's just in no matter he, what. He just wants to go. Yeah, he's like a, like a dog, again, in that yeah. aspect. So if you, if you had like food that you were like, hey, you want this? No, I don't want it. I'll the dog was it. like, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. I want it. I, <laughs> I want, want it. What is it? I want it. Um, we, so we, yeah. get, we get a buzz into Jerry's apartment from Federal Express. Yeah, yeah. FedEx. Oh, yeah. man. I had never heard it called oh, Federal, Federal Express. Express. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh my God! Federal Express, wow. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and George is not expecting anything, but he uh, buzzes up anyway. And Kramer's like, "You know what you just did? You let a burglar in. You let someone into the building. That that that's you know the oldest <laughs> trick in the book that they buzz you and say it's Federal <laughs> Express. Uh, but it's not a burglar. It's Elaine. Yeah, Elaine's back. Yeah, she's back. And they they do a little dance when she comes in through the door. Which, by the way, is another thing that they isolated for. 
you know, every weeknight you can watch Seinfeld oh. on Channel 64. Oh, I yeah. can tell immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just like the dance outside the courthouse, uh, uh, somebody else is, got this murdered. This is like dance. one of the gifts that I yeah. always see. <laughs> um, so Elaine is back and they, they do the dance and... Um, and he says that uh, Elaine asks whose suitcases are there. He says, my parents are in town. My dad's going to see a, a specialist for his back. And Elaine says, probably from sleeping on that yeah, sofa. She immediately yeah. knows it's from the pullout. Yeah, yeah kind of throws it in there. <laughs> um, by the way, I also wrote down about this scene when when George tells Kramer that it's the kind of cigars that Castro smokes. Kramer, you know, is like, ooh, a Castro. And then he says he like mocks. I guess the Spanish language. I don't think he says yeah. anything in Spanish. He doesn't, say, he doesn't say anything in yeah. Spanish because uh, the captions on Hulu literally yeah. says imitating Spanish. Imitating Spanish, exactly. So just like I, I imagine he was imitating Italian in <laughs> the last episode. Yeah. yeah, he's now imitating Spanish. And I was like, I don't know. This is getting into dangerous territory for Kramer. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're getting, yeah, we're getting into dangerous territory with him. Um, and then <laughs> Seinfeld, uh, Seinfeld, Jerry asks how things are going with Dr. Reston. Yes. Yeah, Dr. Reston. And he says, are things good? And Elaine says, yeah, they're good. But she has a tell. Yeah, she, she like scratches her temple. Or yeah, like I think it was her like nose her or something. It was like near her cheek. Oh, okay. Like uh, maybe if you like drew a line straight horizontally from your top like between your nose and your top lip over your mustache line over that's kind of where i yeah. imagine she scratches she goes yeah things are good and jerry goes oh boy did you see that and george goes yep i saw it uh, <laughs> and elaine is clueless though but it's her tell that if, he says if you ask someone about a relationship and they touch their face that means things are not going well and the higher on the face the worth the the worse it is the worse the relationship is going and so he sort of demonstrates for yeah, her and, and he gives her like the whole uh, diagram it's like if you touch your yeah. chin it's like uh, yeah, it's yeah, not, pretty it's good not, pretty, pretty good, good. Yeah. You, you touch like your you scratch your nose like, yeah oh, it's not great it could, could be better if you just <laughs> face palm going like, oh, <laughs> yeah, double I face palm yeah and the doctor has a way of manipulating Elaine because he knows all of her secrets I mean he's literally psychoanalyzing he's her literally every week. her psychiatrist yeah. How is this not violating some law it's or very, legal precedent? It's very weird, and it's definitely bridging on, you know... Doctor-patient uh, confidentiality? And emotional abuse at a certain point. I mean, yes. what we see later on... Yes. You know, she can't... She literally cannot leave him. No. She says, uh, because he's like some sort of Svenjali, uh, which is a <laughs> yeah. weird... This was like kind of a very Seinfeldian bit where he's like, did you say... Because that has nothing to do with the scene. Yeah, I wonder if this was scripted or, oh, yeah. if, or if this was just like a, a slip from Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, I wonder if it's something that happened like during table read, and they were like, "We're putting that in the episode." You didn't know how to say Svengali. Yeah, she, she, in the table yeah. read, she's just like, "Yeah, he's like some sort of," and she, and she just yeah. takes a beat. And she's like Svengali, mm -hmm. and everyone just bursts out. It's laughing. a fantastic theory, yeah, um, because that has nothing to do with the scene. It's no, just not a, at it's, all. it's a little aside, and then we get back into it. Uh, but George tells her, "All you got to do is tell him you're seeing someone else. You met someone else." Uh, but she doesn't like that plan. Um, for whatever reason, I guess he, he. I guess it wouldn't work on him or something like that. Because he'll know or something. Yeah, yeah. He'll she know says. she's lying. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, George is like breaking every covenant of the friend code, eating Jerry's oh. peanut butter with his bare fingers. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. What in the hell? Like, why? Why would you do something like this? And his excuse is that he's off bread. So get a freaking spoon. Yeah, but also you'd need several spoons because otherwise you're gonna lick off a one spoon and then put it back in the peanut butter. You I need... would still have someone do that yeah. than just dip their dirty 
fingers oh, into my jar of peanut butter and sit there licking their fingers. Could you imagine all the stuff you touch on the way over the subway, oh, the cab, maybe? Especially in New York just City. Just walking in New York City. Yeah. Oh, my you're Lord. Just, you just get filthy. <gasps> yeah. No. Yeah, that's disgusting. It's so gross. Uh, and also, Kramer can't find a match to light his Cuban, which I guess he was going to light straight up smoke in Jerry's apartment. How about you ask? <laughs> I mean, taking your food is one yeah, thing. Yeah, George is dipping his fingers into Jerry's yeah. peanut butter. Uh, Kramer's lighting a Cuban cigar in Jerry's apartment. Yeah, uh, and he manages to light his hair on fire because he uses the stove to light it, and I guess his his sort of puffy Kramer hair got mm-hmm. caught in the burner as well, and so he lights his hair on fire and then rushes into the bathroom. Just a funny Kramer comedy, a quote-unquote funny Kramer comedy moment. You yeah, know? <laughs> and at, at this point, like Grace is watching the episode with me, and she's about ready to fall asleep, uh-huh. and she sees Kramer like just fall after his hair is mm-hmm. on fire, and she's like, so is that just... Kramer's thing. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a patented Kramer's thing copyright <laughs> circle. Yeah, that's what that was. Kramer's thing TM. Kramer's thing TM. Uh, so at the doctor's office, Jerry's dad goes back into the examination room after his x-rays, and the nurse tells him he can get dressed. And the first thing he checks for is his wallet, and then he bursts into the hallway in another classic Seinfeld moment. Again, any Seinfeld clip show is going to include this moment right here. My wallet's gone! My wallet's gone! Uh, yelling into the hallway. And uh, the nurse comes back in immediately because one of the patients is yelling in a very quiet doctor's office. Yeah. Um, and he starts accusing them of like, I love this. His mind goes right to this doctor. Going to medical school, setting up a practice in, in very expensive <laughs> New York City real estate just, just to steal the occasional wallet <laughs> from the person in the He thinks the whole operation, as he calls it, is a scam yeah. to get <laughs> wallets from people when and, they're getting x-rays. And I wrote this down because it made sense in my head when I was watching the episode at like 1130 yeah. at night. But reading it back, it makes no sense. So, Because he says... I want to know what kind of office this is where you can't leave your pants in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I wrote, I'm like, but like, isn't that exactly what he did? And now I'm thinking like, oh, well, yeah, that is what he did. And that's why his wallet that's got stolen. That's why his stolen. wallet's gone. Yeah. Shut up, 1130 p.m., Ted. <laughs> yeah. You make no sense. You can and did. And then your wallet disappeared. But the doctor <laughs> comes in and the doctor wants to go over his back problems with him, but he won't let the wallet go. Yeah. Uh, and it keeps, again, it keeps accusing the, whole, the doctor. The whole reason he came <laughs> yeah. to see the doctor is right there in those x-rays. Yeah. And, and also, I guess he also is indicating that the doctor's word means nothing to him. Why would I listen to your diagnosis when all you do, all you do is steal people's wallets when yeah, they come in. Like that's all he does. Yeah. That's all he does. It was yeah. definitely him. Like you can't get an appointment with this guy and yet all his, it's all just a front for a wallet snatching <laughs> scam. Yeah. Um but I guess he more did have like $225 in there. I guess you yeah. know this is before maybe it's not before ATMs but you certainly needed cash. He probably We weren't as cashless as a society as we are now. Yeah. I'm guessing uh because did he end up paying for Jerry's gas? We, we never got a resolution well, we, we on We never that. got a resolution. Yeah. So I'm guessing uh, he probably took out 250 bucks from the ATM yeah. before he left Florida. Yeah. And then he just has 225 left. Yeah. That, that would seem to make sense. That's a fine theory. Right? Yeah, yeah. 250 is a, a nice even number, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Something you can get out of the... Or, yeah. or maybe even it was 300 because I think a lot of um, uh, ATMs, at least back in the day, maxed out at 300. That's yeah. the most you get out at once. And so you get 300 spend 50 bucks on dinner at the airport, maybe a book oh, at true. Hudson yeah. News or something, and then 25 bucks on gas when you get there. And then, that. yeah, 225 So I think we just wrote a whole nice little backstory for more <laughs> for when he traveled. Uh, something but, uh, that no one else would have thought of. Did, had you encountered My Wallet's Gone before? Because that is an iconic 
iconic Seinfeld no. moment. For whatever reason, I don't know. It's like the number one Jerry's dad moment of the whole series for some reason. My wallet's gone! No, I, I've uh, never heard yeah. that before. <laughs> um, any Seinfeld clip show is going to have that. Uh, so Elaine is at uh, Dr. Reston's office in the next scene. And I guess in probably, you know, she said she wasn't going to go with George's plan to say, oh, you're telling me you met someone else, but... That's exactly what she ends yeah, up she doing. Yeah, she does that verbatim. Yeah, right away. Word. Yeah, saying, oh, I, I met somebody else. And, and now she's got to start weaving a web of lies because she thought she could just say, oh, I met somebody and that would be the end of it. But no, in fact, <laughs> but, but yeah. she forgot that he is her therapist. And so we'll ask, and a manipulative he's going to dude. ask questions yeah. about it. Oh, what's his name? And super manipulative by, you know, in addition to that. So um, something happened, you know, oh, just a friend of mine and something happened. And, and, and she's known him for years. Yeah. And he's like, oh, something happened sexually. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> I like her delivery like, yeah, uh, sexually. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and he's and then. Uh, she couldn't think of a name to give him. Either. Yeah. And he starts asking again very – you could see his, his manipulative nature in these questions that he was asking, which I love. Like, did you have that dream about, the, about uh, you know, getting together with a Chinese woman or something like that? Did you have that dream again? And he says, no. And like, are you, are you urinating a lot again? Oh, yeah. And she's like, uh, no. And he's like, what's this young man's name? And she's like, oh, um, what does it matter? And he's like, it doesn't matter that you don't know why it matters. I know why it matters. Like he, this is where yeah he's getting very like this is where the emotional abuse starts. It's getting really real uncomfortable. It's, he starts cranking it up. Yeah. So um, she's like, oh, a name up. I don't know, Kramer. He's like, you have him call me. And she's well, like, I, well, we also get like, is that his is first, that first name first or his last name? name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you have him call me. I would like to speak with him. Yeah. Almost as though he is her dad. Yeah, uh, and and then she's like, oh, I, I don't know if that's necessary. I don't yeah. think I want to do that. He's like, you can do that, and you and will, you do, will that. do that. Just, and yeah. then she fights again. Is like, well, I, you know, uh, let, he's like, you can and will. Yeah. Like, very, yeah, like, not a nice way to talk to somebody. <laughs> Especially someone you're dating. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely, yeah. So you can see his, his manipulative nature, you know, rearing its ugly head. Uh, then we cut to La Boite en Bois, which <laughs> yeah. anytime I see a business like that on Seinfeld, I have to look it up right away. This is at 75 West 68th Street, a, oh, re- really? a real restaurant that is still around. No way. Between Columbus Circle and Central Park West, which is going to come up again, uh, established in 1985. And right. a, a, as far as if you judging by their website, which, by the way, La Boite and Bois means the wooden box. Oh, nice. I, okay. I, I took French in high school and college, and I didn't know that. I was like, those words look familiar. <laughs> but I, I couldn't. Um, you had I to couldn't Google Translate pin- I still had to Google Translate it, yeah. But their website is still very active. Active and they're wow. still there. And I, as awesome. far as I can tell, they're a New York City institution for this neighborhood. Jerry is there with his mom and dad, and they're, they're still complaining. Oh, and by the way, um, on Yelp, La Boite Bois only has $2 signs, really? which for New York City in this neighborhood, I think is probably pretty affordable. Yeah. I couldn't get their I, menu to load on my there, There's places tablet. in Erie that have $2 signs. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of getting the, the mental picture of like, okay, yeah, you can go and get uh, a nice... Fifteen dollar entree. Yeah, yeah, fifteen to twenty dollar entree, thirty to forty dollar steaks. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they have a price. Maybe not even that much. I'd say like, yeah, New York City. I'd, well, if it's two dollar signs, yeah, I'd, I'd fathom twenty two to twenty seven dollar steaks. Interesting. It's not going to be a good cut. You're going to get the hoof cut. 
<laughs> I was trying God. to remember what the Seinfeld <laughs> reference. You're going to get the hoof cut if you need a knife like that. The, you're going to need a Ginsu knife to cut through the hoof cut. Um, I think that's what it was, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think so, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Jerry's dad Otherwise, is still Otherwise, the complaining. last minute has just been utter nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Jerry's dad is still complaining about his wallet. Uncle Leo shows up. They're meeting Uncle Leo. Uncle Leo. And he's already heard the story from the doctor who did him a personal favor getting uh, Mort in to, uh, as an appointment. Yeah, and he mentions that twice, which Mort takes issue with. Why did mm-hmm. you? Me- what did you do for him? Why did you mention that? Uh, <laughs> that it was a personal favor. Um, and but I get he almost had to call the police because Morty was just like yeah. causing such a scene. Yeah, but I agree with Morty. Like he's the one that should have been calling the police. I do hope we find out what happened to his wallet yeah. because it's interesting that the next episode is the watch. Because this episode, the wallet has been all about the watch, so I wonder if the watch will be all, all about, about the, the wallet. wallet. Yeah, because oh, I, I, I honestly don't remember um, yeah. wh- the way it happens. But speaking of the watch, uh, Jerry's mom notices that Uncle Leo is wearing a watch mm-hmm. that looks very similar to the one they gave yeah. Jerry, and he says that he found it in a garbage can. Yeah, uh, it w- he. He found it in a garbage can. It couldn't keep time uh, to save its life. He took it to uh, the shop on 83rd and Chestnut. 85th and Columbus. 85th yeah, and Columbus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Sherman. Jimmy Sherman. Th- this is exactly the person that Kramer was talking about exactly. early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting, like, their um, their geography is correct because they're right near Columbus Circle. They're at 68th oh, near Columbus. Wow. And so, okay. he's, so he says, right over here at 85th and Columbus. Uh, and he gave it back the next day. So, again, just like Kramer <laughs> promised, what? You can get it back. I'll get it back tomorrow. Yeah. So Jimmy Sherman is very fast, as Kramer has indicated, uh, and now it works fine. Yeah, and uh, uh, both of Jerry's parents are just looking at the watch. Yeah, closely. taking a very close investigation. Very close yeah. look. <laughs> I'm wondering. Uh, they said that they had a warranty on it, uh, but they never said like if it was like engraved or anything, if it was personalized or anything, yeah, yeah. if it had like Jerry's initials on the watch face. Right. Maybe you would hope that it didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, if it is not personalized at all, Jerry could still get away with the excuse of, "Oh yeah, it just looks like the exact same watch." Yeah, yeah. It without it being the exact same watch. You <laughs> right, know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jerry just says, "Hey, couldn't we continue this another time?" To be continued. Ha pops up. ha ha. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did not know that. I knew the wallet and the watch went together. From you know, uh, I didn't remember until you know there was a, a comment on Reddit. I think that said, "Oh, there's a lot of great." Um, or maybe looking up in research, like you know, the first couple episodes are all. The trip part one and two, which was a two-parter, and mm-hmm. then the pitch, which is an hour-long episode, and then the wall and the watch, which now yeah. go together as well. So we these are three episodes in a row that are, or I mean, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Now that all go together, yeah. and we've got uh, another uh, single, I believe, another single hour-long episode to end. Still the season to come, two. yeah, yeah. So th- there's a lot of um, story arcing. They're actually marrying the, the shows aren't as standalone in season four as they have been, which people said was going to happen. Yeah, uh, and then we get a little stand up bit about to be continued on tv when you realize it's coming up which i hate you know i i do that math in my head you know i we watch a lot of stuff on dvr but even so i'm like fast forwarding i'm like well there's only three minutes left in this episode there's no way that they're mm-hmm. gonna be able to wrap this up in time um <laughs> and so that's a that's a drag jerry indicates but he's also like as a comedian i can't do that you know a guy walks into a bar can you come back next week? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's where the episode I, pretty much ends. I, I did like his line here. He's like, if I wanted a long, boring story, I have my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a long, boring story with no point. Oh, or yeah. Something with no like point. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I have my life. So um, <laughs> you should be able to get it all done in one episode. So a, kind of a meta stand-up bit here. Um, but it's weird that, like, you know, if 
the stuff that happens in the show is supposed to inform his act that we're seeing uh, sort of you know we've we've kind of agreed that those these interstitial stand up bits take place after the episode that we're watching but they're dropped in the middle you know what i mean um that it's weird that he's commenting on the actual elements of the tv show you know like yeah. there's the, the the characters in the show didn't all of a sudden freeze and magical words popped up in the restaurant you know so he's <laughs> commenting on something that didn't happen in real life yeah in his stand up bit it's just kind of weird so it's it's kind of meta that way all right, did we have any homework for this episode? I don't think so. I don't think we did either. We didn't really point anything out. Yeah, and, and that's why it's kind of, you know, I was like, gosh, a lot happens in this episode, but it was such a fast-moving episode. I felt like this was really an episode about nothing, even though yeah. there's a lot of sort of big things that happened in this episode. It was almost about nothing. We moved to a lot of different locations. We had a major character finally come back in, in season four, and I'm like, well, nothing really happened in this episode, <laughs> even though a ton happened. I thought this yeah, was a exactly. great well-paced I'm, I'm, episode. I'm with you on that. A pretty good example of the what what Seinfeld is as a show. You know, the yeah. show about nothing, but tons of stuff happens. Like George was explaining to the to the executive, you know, what did you do? I got up this morning, I went to work. That's a show. Yeah. You know, what did you do? I picked my parents up from the airport, my dad went to the doctor, then we went out to eat. That's a show. I, it's like, I, man. Apparently it yeah, is. Yeah, uh, Did uh, Do we want to think of a better, Let's sh- see. better description? Let's see. All right, so we had... Jerry must be at his most creative when he has to explain to his visiting parents why he isn't wearing the watch they once gave him, a timepiece that Jerry discarded in a trash can, and pal George <laughs> stupidly throws away the pair's fledgling series commitment from a TV network. You could say, like, George... We don't need any of the George stuff in here. That's... that's Yeah. I mean, the, the, the sitcom is a big part of this early arc, you know? That's true. Okay, but we at least don't need a timepiece that no, Jerry no, discarded yeah. in a trash can. Jerry has to, Jerry has to lie to his parents about his watch and George bungles negotiations for their new sitcom, something like that. Boom. You know, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, simple enough. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got next episode was season four, episode five, the watch and uh, original air date. Uh, that is almost said November 30th, uh. Uh, September 30th, 1992. If you're looking at TV guide that night, you're going to see, when Jerry's mom and dad come for a visit, Jerry desperately tries to buy back the watch they bought for him, which was recovered by his uncle Leo after Jerry had thrown it in the trash. Wow. Another long one. Yeah, yeah. So the, the... <laughs> Not nearly as long as this episode, <laughs> yeah. but still pretty long. I don't remember this, but the watch, it turns out, I guess, is going to be about the watch. Yes. But maybe we'll get some closure with the wallet, too, and find out what happened It'll there. just be a, a subplot. Yeah. It'll be the C storyline. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's it, right? Yeah, that's all I okay, got. Okay, a good episode. A good, again, a quick quick episode um so it, it feels good to get back to the the half hour episodes yeah after last yeah week. definitely it was pretty quiet when it was over i was like oh it's already even though it was a tbc you know i was like oh it's already over that's yeah. cool we're, we're done yeah we're done already so um yeah so make sure you follow us at no hugging send uh, us an email no hugging the learning show at gmail.com we forgot though we do have uh, uh someone slid into our dms oh, on that's right. no hugging do you want to read it or do you want and me to? uh i got it up here okay. fred esposito hasn't written us in a while and he said uh, i know i'm a few weeks late but congratulations on starting what I feel is the best season of Seinfeld. Every episode has a callback to a previous episode. Uh, Before we get to my notes on the trip, I want to give my top five episodes of season three in no particular order. So here we go. We did that at the end. Uh, The Boyfriend, The Fix-Up, The Alternate Side, The Library, The Tape, 
And honorable mentions to the letter, the note, and the cafe. Fred. Oh, the alternate side, really? The alternate side was mine. That was oh. one of mine. Yeah. I know, and I didn't get it. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Uh, when Jerry made his first appearance on The Tonight Show in 1981, the executive producer was Fred de Cordova. As Jerry walked off stage, he told Jerry, it's so nice when it happens good. <laughs> Jerry always thought that was an odd line. He wrote it into the trip and said it with the same cadence to George when George was upset about the covers being tucked in and him oh, winning the bet. Yeah, okay. yeah. Which we thought was a hilarious, like, it's so nice when it happens good. Yeah, and then we, he goes we right back to We were trying to, to figure out what he meant by it. Yeah. And so I love that it's something from Jerry's own life. Uh, the covers being tucked at hotels was sort of mentioned in an episode, season three, The Note. That's where. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wait. Oh, um. I was thinking the limo. It's definitely mentioned in the limo. I don't remember it in the note, though. But when Raymond was giving George... Ah, here we go. When Raymond was giving George the massage and asked George how he hurt his calf, George answered Korea twice, but then very slowly said hotel. Yeah, he's like, Korea, <laughs> uh, hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that must be, that explains okay. why George doesn't like the talk. Oh, man. The reason Jay Leno wasn't in the episode as Tonight Show host is he wasn't yet. The episode was filmed after Johnny Carson retired, but it was still up in the air if Jay Leno or David Letterman was taking his spot. It was a very awkward time for the Tonight Show, so they figured it was best not have any hosts shown. Uh, and NBC, if you uh, have any, um, you know, they bungled that handover badly and bad, worse than they did with the Conan handover oh of God. the Tonight Show. Yeah, if you can imagine that. Um, it ended with David Letterman essentially being able to plug his show coming up on CBS for like four or five months <clears throat> after the Tonight Show. He found out he wasn't getting the Tonight Show. He was signed on to CBS already, and NBC. He was still having hosted show on NBC, so he was able to essentially advertise like I'm oh going to be on CBS. God. Yeah, later on. Wow. Uh, yeah, one of the cops in the squad car goes on to play Jake Jarmel, a recording boyfriend of Elaine. He's one of the few people to have two different roles in the show. Another was the girl next to Kramer during the dance video tryout scene. She is Ann Tallman and was Robin in season three episode The Good Samaritan. She was also the girlfriend of Michael Richards at the time of both roles. Hmm. Aha. Uh, as for my wrestling reference, you mentioned uh, weeks back former WWE star Erwin R. Scheister, <laughs> IRS. Uh, are you familiar with IRS? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I know that was from when I was actually watching. Yeah. Um, the role of IRS was played by Mike Rotundo, and two of his sons currently wrestle in the WWE. Do you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. You know? Br- Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. That's exactly yeah, right. They actually just started vignettes to bring Bray Wyatt back. Yeah. Uh, because he, he was injured and he was just out for a little while. But because uh, he's always had like this spooky, demonic cult yeah. character. Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt. Bray Tim, Wyatt sounds Tim. like a... A uh, realtor. Oh yeah, they they're bringing him back as yeah. like a wonder shows in like demented kids show host. Interesting. Have you ever heard of the uh, Candle Cove creepy pasta? Negative. Okay, what it is? Uh, it's essentially I won't go too in detail with it, uh, but it's a show that only exists to kids under twelve. Uh huh. And it's just like all of like these crazy like puppets and there's like pirates. And but like they're always telling people to like murder people. Uh-huh. It, it's oh, crazy. it's like Momo. I uh, <laughs> kind of, but the the creepy pasta um, explains it as though the kids are literally watching a TV of straight static. Ah, uh, but yeah, all yeah. of the kids remember this show existing. Huh? Yeah, fun. And, and it was developed into a show. It was the first season of Channel Zero on Sci-Fi. Okay, which I really want to watch but it's not on any streaming anymore i think it's on shutter but, that, but that's yeah, it yeah yeah shutter yeah yeah 
So that's what they're making Bray Wyatt into, this uh, host kind of, of a show kind of like that. Yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll have to show you like the clips of it or something, but it's <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah, like, sounds like, hi, I'm, I'm Bray Wyatt with it, Remax. It, it's, like, it's a demented Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh-huh. Like, uh, uh, he says he calls someone a sociopath yeah. at some point, and like the, this mouse puppet's like, hey, isn't that the word of the day? And he's uh, like, sociopath, sociopath, S-O-C-I-O-P-A-T-H, sociopath. Uh-huh. It's It's just cool. And then he ends by saying, keep up the great work, guys. Uh, And then signs Fred. So, Fred, thank you very much for sliding into the DMs. And if you ever want to do that, uh, or you can just tweet at No Hugging. And I think that's it. That's all we got. Right? Yeah. Happy belated birthday, Jerry Seinfeld. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallowell. Be good. Be good.